welcome to Carmel Presbyterian Church's podcast channel. Open up a Bible or just listen in. We hope this week's message is a blessing to you. Well, good morning, everyone. It is good to see you. Happy 2022 to you all. We are going to look quickly at both of these passages as actually planning just Ecclesiastes 3. And we're just going to focus primarily on one verse in there. And then as I was doing my devotions this past week, I came across Luke 2 and the story of Simeon. And I just thought, what a great opportunity to see a connection between the two. You know, as we continue to celebrate Jesus's birthday, because we are in the season of Christmas tide, so we're still singing Christmas carols, we're celebrating Christmas, the coming of Jesus uh, as we enter into this new year. We're also celebrating CPC's 68th birthday. What a wondrous occasion to remember God's faithfulness in and through this church. Not this building, but through its people, through God's faithfulness in and through us for 68 years. What an amazing thing. Anyone else's birthday today, by the way? Or is anyone's birthday this week? Coming up this week, any birthdays? We do have a birthday coming up. So I, I, in honor of both the church's birthday and your birthday, we should get a slice of cake together, something like that. Now, Betty White would have turned 100 this month, January 17th, local Carmel resident. Many of you, I didn't know her, but some of you maybe knew her or saw her walking around the neighborhood. It's just hard to believe as we enter 2022, you lose this icon that you just felt, you know, even at 99, I thought she was just going to live forever, Right? And you enter 2022, and we have these rhythms, right, of births and deaths, of beginnings and ends, of opportunities and threats. As we enter this new year, we sense this rhythm, this, these cycles that continue uh, to, that we face, celebrations and of grief as well. Some of you know personally people who have been impacted by the Boulder fires, Right? You know people who've lost homes. You know of people who've lost valuable things. None of those victims would have thought this is how 2022 was going to begin, right? No one saw that coming. And so we see this, these cycles, right? As we enter a new year and we begin, we want to celebrate and we remember there are these rhythms in life that we need the Lord to continue to lead and guide us in. We're going to first look at our story in Luke very quickly, and then we'll go to Ecclesiastes. It's a Christmas story, again, in a sense. The birth of Jesus uh, had recently happened. It, it describes actually these important Jewish rituals that Joseph, Mary, and Jesus went through. We think probably uh, uh, at the Jerusalem temple, these things happened about 40 days after the birth of Jesus. And we have not only a purification ritual, which is 40 days after the birth, we also have a dedication of the firstborn male, another important Jewish rite. And again, just remember, Jesus was a good Jew. He was a Jewish rabbi. He was considered by many in that sense. And so if anyone has any doubt in terms of Jesus' background and their commitment, Jesus was a good, faithful Jew beginning from the earliest days. Now, another faithful Jew the family encounters while they're in the temple. His name is Simeon. And Simeon, this faithful Jew, has been waiting for decades because the Lord had told him, we learn in this passage, the Lord told them that he would not die until he met Israel's Messiah, the Lord's Messiah. And the Holy Spirit inspires Simeon to do something very simple, to, to go into the temple courts. 
and to hold a baby. And the Spirit gave Simeon specific insight into this meeting. He holds baby Jesus, and he says in Luke 2, verse 29, he says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. Oh, what wondrous words those are. Upon meeting the Christ child, Simeon was ready to die. He's like, my, my life's fulfillment has come. It's his bucket list. I've met Jesus. Oh, those would be great words for us in 2022. Oh, Lord, my time. <laughs> my time has come. I'm ready. I'm ready to go anytime, Lord, because I've accomplished what you have set out for me. You've been faithful to your word. He met Jesus and everything else paled in comparison. I want to be like Simeon. Everything else pales to knowing Christ. You see, if you were to grow in deeper devotion to Jesus in 2022, what would that look like? How have you been thinking and possibly praying about your next faithful step in alignment in growing in maturity with Jesus? Would it be studying the Bible or perhaps serving those in need? Would it be giving financially? What is that next faithful step in that deeper devotion to Jesus? See, Simeon, being a good Jew, I'm sure knew Psalm 90, verse 12, which says this. So, Lord, teach us to count our days that we might gain a wise heart. See, Simeon was wise to be ready and waiting for Christ to come. Teach us, Lord, to count our days. See, the Bible says it's not morbid, but wise to consider that you don't have control over the details of your life, that you don't have ultimate control over the timeline of your life. You don't know when tragedy will come. You don't know when Jesus will return. You don't know when that prayer you've been praying will finally be answered, and it might not even be answered in the way that you wanted to be answered, but the Lord still might be answering this is not be the, be the way that you wanted him to answer. Lord, teach us to count our days. Lord, help us to know that we're not in control, but you are. See, there's wisdom in waking up knowing your finite life is in the hands of an infinite God. So the first point is this, as we look at Simeon's life. Live with the end in mind. Simeon came and encountered the Christ led by the Spirit. And he says, this is the pinnacle of my life, is to know Christ. Oh, may those words ring true for us in 2022, to know Christ. The first thing is that, to live with the end in mind. The second is this, that we need to make it a priority to prepare. And so as we take a look at Ecclesiastes, primarily with one verse, we want to consider the idea of making it a priority to prepare from this Hebrew scripture in this new year. Ecclesiastes 3.1, I'm going to flip there. Remind us, it says this, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. And what the writer of Ecclesiastes is doing, I think, is telling you that you must be prepared for the ebbs and the flows of life. And he goes through listing all these different kinds of ebbs and flows. You can see in verse 2, a time to be born, a time to die. 
a time to plant, and basically a time to harvest, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. You see, Simeon spent his life preparing for the Messiah and was ready for when Jesus arrived at the temple. And it's an interesting juxtaposition in this story is as the fresh birth of Jesus arrives in his arms, he is now ready to die. Isn't that interesting? The ebbs and flows of life, time of birth, a time of death. Simeon spent his life preparing for the Messiah. See, it's a priority to prepare. And then Ecclesiastes 3, verse 5, says something very specific. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. We're going to sit with this for a few minutes. What is the writer talking about? Is he talking about throwing stones? Is it time to throw stones at people? I don't think that's what he's saying. Though even in the rest of the passage, he talks about a, a time to kill, even. I think what he's talking about, I think it's an, an agrarian reference. It's a time to cast stones out of the fields for all of you, all of us farmers. Now, all of them are growing uh, their food, right? They're growing olives, they're growing uh, grains, right? They're, they're, they're raising uh, lambs. They're, this was an agrarian society for sure. And so when they're talking about casting out stones, they're not talking about throwing stones at someone. They're talking about preparing the fields for a planting, now, from what I understand, uh, some of you actually grew up on a farm, because I've talked to some of you. Actually, I know some people who still own farms in our church. They're, they're growing different things. Now, I didn't, but what I've been told, if you're a farmer and you have a field, you want to clear out stones. And this makes sense to me. If you don't clear out the stones, it's going to be hard to plant seeds. It's going to make it difficult, sometimes even to water, for the water to go into the right spots. It's probably going to hinder some sprouting and some growth. And especially we know it's going to hinder the harvest, right? You don't want a bunch of stones in your field while you have your machine, whatever you call it, <laughs> your harvester machine going through the fields, right? You don't want stones getting into the machinery. You got to cast out the stones. You can't grow and harvest good crops without clearing out the rocks. Now, a few Christmases ago, I got pretty uh, uh, inspired um, by wanting our children to have a, a wonderful playground in the backyard. I've shared before how wonderfully handy I am. And so I knew I could build this on my own, you know, this giant play set. Had to call my dad, of course, who is like licensed carpenter, electrician, plumber. He is the handyman, did not, he purposely didn't pass it on to me. But either way, I had to call him. And so, he said, you got to clear out the, you got to prepare the ground to before you set anything up. And so I go into the backyard that I haven't looked at in some time because we were going through a remodel. We were remodeling our, a bathroom. And what I didn't realize, once I went into the backyard to check out what was going on to set up this playground, which I should have done before we bought the playground, is the backyard was being used as a dump for all the stuff that the guys were working on, all the debris, the drywall, and there was rocks, and there was concrete, there were nails, there was glass. It was a dumping ground. So the first thing I needed to do to prepare the ground was I had to, I had to rent a mini bulldozer. <laughs> To clear out. I had to clear out the area and flatten the ground because you not only have to clear it out, but you have to level it, apparently. 
because you don't want a sideways playground. And, and apparently when water goes into your backyard, it's supposed to flow in certain directions, not against like your bed, bedroom wall, that it might soak up moisture. All these details that I didn't know about. But I was going to handle it, right? Oh man, I had my hands full just clearing out the debris. Okay? You've got to prepare the ground by clearing out the stones. Okay, I learned that just with my playground experience. You've got to clear out stones before you can build anything up. You've got to get help for that habit you can't break. You've got to get some help so that your, your tongue, your mouth is being used to build up people, not tear them down. You've got to get help to start believing God is big enough to handle your life. Maybe you got to get help to get your credit card debt to be gone so you can start tithing and start giving to those in need that you see around you. Maybe you got to start trusting God with your finances overall. What a great plug for Financial Peace University starting next week, right? You got to clear out the stones in your life. And so as you think about 2022, there's going to be some priority to prepare. Prepare for God's growth in you. How is God asking you to clear out some stones? What rocks need to be cleared before God will build something this year in you? Now, I want you to keep in mind, I want you to be hearing, to clear out the stones in your own life. I don't want anyone leaving here and saying, well, Pastor Tim gave a great sermon, honey, and all the different ways that you need to clear out stones in your life. Now, you start with yourself. Lord, Holy Spirit, impress upon me. Help me to hear. Help me to see what stone, what stones I need to clear out. See, believers, we know in Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 3, are to throw off everything that hinders and to run with perseverance, fixing our eyes on Jesus, clearing out stones. We're running a race for Jesus. What is hindering you that you need to clear out? Let me ask it very simply and biblically. What do you need to repent of and to confess because we are to fix our eyes on Jesus. What's holding us back? If you're running a race, we throw off hindrances. We clear off stones when you're farming. When you're trying to build a playground. You got to clear out the debris and level the ground. It's a priority to prepare. When, you get, when we clear out the stones, we are preparing for growth. And I think the Bible makes it clear you're responsible to clear out the stones in your own life. Yes, you invite God to help you do that, and he's the one in charge of our life, but we are given a biblical responsibility to run this race without hindrance. Lord, help us. Reveal to us how you want us to clear out a stone in our life in 22. Thirdly, we make it a priority to remember, look at verse 5 again, there's a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. It says to gather stones up, not clear them out. Why? He just told us to clear them out. Why are you telling us to bring them back? That would not have helped my playground goal, right? I just cleared them out. Why do you want me to gather them? Well, I think the illusion that he's making here is actually to a special spiritual ritual. 
Now, one of the few times in the Bible where we see instructions about gathering stones together is when Samuel sets up a stone of remembrance, and it's called an Ebenezer stone, which means a stone of help. That's 1 Samuel 7, verse 12. See, after the Lord had given a great victory to Samuel, uh, to Israel, Samuel took a stone, named it Ebenezer, saying, thus far has the Lord helped us. It means a stone of help. When we sing the song called Come Thou Found of Every Blessing, in some of the versions it's talking about raising an Ebenezer. It's a stone of remembrance of God's goodness, God's faithfulness. It's a priority to remember is what Ecclesiastes 3.5 is saying. It's a small monument to God to remember something about his goodness. I want you to remember it with Simeon in Luke chapter 2, verse 30 says, For my eyes have seen your salvation. He is recalling and he's praising. In a sense, he's remembering God's goodness, not only in that moment holding baby Jesus, but the faithfulness of God to carry him through all those decades to this moment. He's experiencing the reality of God's faithfulness. And we can remember this amazing truth that you are in Christ. You are a beloved child of God. You've been adopted into God's family. We remember God's goodness. We remember this God who's reached down to us came in the form of a baby. And we remember, this is what God has done for us. In 2022, we relish in the reality that we are saved by God's grace. He initiated and reached out to us. So we don't want to get past Christmas too fast. I know some people, some of you have already took down your Christmas tree, haven't you? We haven't. We're not lazy. We remember. That's, we keep relishing. And the baby Jesus came, and Jesus is coming back. We relish in the goodness of God's kindness towards us. You know, I just got a letter from one of our missionaries. He's retired now, but uh, for years we supported Bob Blinko. And in the end of the letter, he included, included a Christmas poem written in 1853 by Robert Southwell. It says this, This little babe, so few days old, has come to plunder Satan's fold. All health doth at his presence quake, though he himself with cold doth shake. For in his weak, unarmed guise, the gates of hell he will surprise. Friends, do not forget, this is no ordinary baby. Jesus says, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Satan does not have a chance against Christ's own church. Oh, this little baby came humbly and weak, but relish and remember that you are called to serve him. Make it a priority to live with the end in mind. Make it a priority to prepare. And we make it a priority to remember this is who you are, part of this everlasting kingdom and he will use you, he will use me until he comes again to make himself known. We set up our stones of remembrance, relishing in the goodness of God's kindness, knowing that it's his kindness that leads us to repentance and thanking God for his faithfulness. 
We remember stones of remembrance. That's what they're there for. We're living for him in 2022. And so what I want you to do this year, we remember God's faithfulness, how you've seen him this past year. And we ponder how we want to see his faithfulness this coming year. It's not promised he's going to, again, answer the prayers exactly how you want him to. But as we clear out the stones, and as we gather the stones, we think about God's goodness. And we say, Lord, do it again. Do it again in 2022. Show your faithfulness. Take a look at Ecclesiastes 3, verse 10. The writer continues on. He says, I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. See, what an interesting thing for the writer to say, saying, I want you to prepare for the ebbs and flows in life. Might as well live with the end in mind. Life is short. Life comes and death comes and good things come and bad things come. He says, but God has put eternity in the hearts of mankind. And we just pause and remember that the way that God has made us, he has intended us to live forever with him. That's his heart and his desire. Jesus says he has come to seek and save the lost. That's his heart and that's his intention And then in verse 14, the writer says, I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it so that people will fear him. It's a reminder that God is intended for us to live eternally with him. And yet the only one where there is eternal certainty is with God. That we must align ourselves with this eternal God if we want that reality of that eternal goodness to go with us into this next life. He's the one in charge. It's only the things that are done in the Lord that have any lasting good. I'm not saying it has to be a churchy thing. I'm just saying be done in the Lord. Done in response to God's goodness. Only those things will last and have lasting good. See, because our primary purpose on this planet is not to be successful. It's not to even be happily in our earthly accomplishments. It's not certainly to make a lot of money. Though if God has given you a lot of money, you can do a lot of good with that. Amen? And if God has given you a little bit of money, God can do a lot of good with that. Amen? Anything that we place in the hands of the eternal God can have lasting good. Glorifying him, blessing others. Your purpose on earth is not to find love even. Not just a human love. It's not to raise a family. It's not just to give back to society. All good things. Those aren't necessarily bad things, but they're not the ultimate thing. And all those good things fall woefully short of what you were made for to know God, and to glorify him with your whole life. We're called to live with the end in mind. Ecclesiastes leads us to be thinking about casting out stones and lastly to gather up stones as we prepare for 2022. 
Pastor Albert Tate challenges us with these words. He says, live not for your resume, live for your eulogy. You know, four years ago, we hosted a memorial for Katie's dad, Gary Scott. He was an old school kind of guy. He treated me very well as his son-in-law. He died far too early. And I remember one of these moments, the first time I really got to know Gary super well was when I was about to ask Katie to marry me. And Katie warned me, he's like, my dad is old fashioned. You need to ask his blessing. And so I was hundreds of miles away, but I said, I can get on the phone, gave him a call. I prepared, I prayed, I had to write it out, I had to prepare my speech. And I called him up. I said, Gary, I'm in love with your daughter. I want to spend my life with her. I'm asking for your blessing. He got silent for a moment on the, other, on the phone. I was waiting to hear his response, knowing that he's old school. I was ready. And he says, Tim, more power to you. <laughs> we just had a great chat after that. That was Gary. He would surprise you with just the funniest comments. You know, when he passed, we had his memorial. I mean, we were all set. We could have shared just hours and hours of funny, funny, funny stories, and we did. But the most important stories that we shared was about how Gary impacted lives. It was about the way he was a good father. He was a good husband. He was a successful businessman, but he was a good friend. He loved others well. We spent most of our time talking about how God used Gary to glorify God and to bless others. You know, at Billy Graham's funeral, his son Nelson said this about his dad. He says, my father was F-A-T fat. He was faithful. He was available. And he was teachable. May we all be that way. I hope at my funeral that they call me fat. Faithful, available, teachable. What do you want people to say at yours? Live for your eulogy, not your resume. The Westminster Shorter Catechism, I share this at least once a year, says, begins with this, the chief end of mankind is to glorify God and is to enjoy him forever. See, we can build on the purpose of glorifying God in 2022 by removing stones, living with the end in mind, making it a priority to cast out anything that's hindering us, and also a priority to gather stones to remember God's goodness. You are a child of God. When you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You don't have to earn his love. You cannot earn it. It's simply received. Remember that. And remember you were made for more. Remember you were meant to run a race. Remember you are to live, relishing the reality of Christ in you. Oh, and to share this bread with hungry people. Now, there's lots of people who don't know Christ yet. We can start living that life now. We don't live for a resume. We live for our eulogy centered on Christ, glorifying him. Would you pray with me as we prepare for the Lord's Supper? Lord, you gifted yourself, us with you on Christmas Day. You chose to come as a servant 
and to save us. And you are returning in your glory and the fullness of your strength and power. Yes, you came humbly, but you will return to show the fullness of your greatness and your goodness. Thank you, Lord, that we get to partake of your supper, that we get to taste of this bread and drink of this cup and to remember your death. And remember that how on that cross you not only absorbed our sin, the scriptures say that you became sin. This great exchange of you taking on all of our imperfections, all of our brokenness, and gifting us your righteousness. We don't get it, but we thank you, Lord. May we remember well and grow into the reality of who you called us to be. New creations in Christ, the scriptures say, the old is gone, the new has come. As we partake of your body and your blood, we remember who you are and that you're truly present in a special way. Let's take a moment, as our eyes are still closed, a moment of silence as we confess our sins to the one who promises to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us. Lord, hear us as we confess. And now hear this assurance of pardon. Hear the good news. Christ has died for us. Christ rose for us. Christ reigns in power for us. Christ prays for us. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life has gone. A new life has begun. Believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. The sacrament that we are about to partake in is for all believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, for all who have confessed Jesus as Lord. It's not a sacrament of Carmel Presbyterian Church. This is the table, as we call it, of the Lord, of the Lord Jesus. All who call on the name of the Lord Jesus are welcome to partake of the bread and of the cup. I'm going to remind you as the servers will come in a moment and they're going to hand you the tray that there are two cups stacked. You need to take both cups and hold on to them. As the song is sung, we will wait till the song ends. We'll hold them together, the elements, and we'll take each element together as I give the words of institution. And so, let me give these words now before the servers come. Now, the night was Jesus that was betrayed. He took the bread and he blessed it. And he broke it and he gave it, saying, This is my body given for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, after the supper, Jesus took the cup. And he says, This cup is my blood, poured out for the forgiveness of your sins. Drink this in remembrance of me. And the Apostle Paul, sometime later, said, As often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. And so, friends, let's partake of the body and the blood of Christ. Let's prepare for a year with Jesus, without hindrances, with him at the center of our lives. Let's worship him. Servers, would you come as we distribute the elements? Thank you for listening. 
For more information about Carmel Presbyterian Church, visit our website at www.carmelpres.org or any of our social media pages. Have a blessed rest of your week.